Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron Repesey here with Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. And today's topic will be fibromyalgia. Before we get to that, I want to thank everyone that have contributed to the success of this Internet radio station. Uh, We have have just had tremendous success and have become the number one listened-to Internet radio program here in South Florida for medical news and information. So thank you so much for that. If you uh, have any suggestions for shows or you have any comments, uh, our email address is docronradio, D-O-C-R-O-N-R-A-D-I-O, docronradio, at gmail.com. You can also call tell your friends if they are not near a computer, they can call into the show at 347-989-8899. Well, it's a lot of information for you to have, and one more, as uh, dictated by our attorneys, is that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Thank you, attorneys. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, as we said, today's uh, topic will be fibromyalgia. Uh, next week, uh, we might get Dr. Jerry Smith to talk about his new uh, gadget involving scalar energy and the Tesla effect, and uh, whether this is a proven effect or is just a result of testimonials and people feeling good. But we'll get him to comment on that later. We'll have Dr. Dan on today also. Hopefully, Dr. Smith will call in. And the following week, we will have uh, Dr. Nicholas Sergio on to talk about prolotherapy. Prolotherapy, ladies and gentlemen, is a non-surgical treatment for uh, back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain. And Dr. Sergio is a rock star here in South Florida. And he also works along with Dr. uh, Ross uh, in in Fort Myers, who actually started this and made this uh, program possible. popular throughout the whole United States. So let's get on with the show. I have uh, some things I'd like just to bring to your attention. And uh, do you know a banned chemical could still ruin your health? 
Uh, you know, do you know what an oxymoron is? An oxymoron is like postal service. Well, there's another one that I would like to introduce you to. It's called government action. Public officials spent the week patting themselves on the back. You, you, I know you've heard this on the news. After the FDA announced a ban on chemicals, triclosan, trichlocarbon, they are chemicals used in antibacterial soaps and more than a dozen other dangerous ingredients. They must be really proud because it's only been 40 years since they promised to take that action, so I guess that's government action for you. And those intervening decades, triclosan has been dumped into practically everything, soaps, hand sanitizers, and hundreds of other products. And as uh, Dr. Smith has told us, it's even in toothpaste. But this clean chemical has a dirty secret. It can do more damage to your body than any of those bacteria it promises to kill off. It can screw with your hormone levels, especially your thyroid. It influences testosterone and estrogen. It can block signals between your brain and your muscles including the muscles that power your heart, because, ladies and gentlemen, you know the heart is a muscle. And, guys, this stuff can even kill your sperm. So with ger dangerous germs making headlines nearly every day, and well, that's, a, that's a subject for another program about how uh, these superbugs are taking over, you might think it's uh, worth a little risk to kill those nasty things, right? Well, but guess what? You don't even need this junk to do the job. The government's own experiments show antibacterial soap is no better at cleaning hands than plain old soap and water your grandma used. So finally, the agency pulled the plug on it, and now that triclosan and 18 other chemicals have finally been banned, you might think you're in the clear. Guess again. No way, Jose. The new rule does not apply to dozens of common products, including, hear this, hand sanitizers and toothpaste. So millions of Americans will continue to be exposed to triclosan every single day. It only applies to products, quote, intended for use with water and rinsed off after use, unquote. In other words... It pretty much only applies to soap. And even then, the industry has a full year to ditch the stuff. And you can bet they'll take that as an opportunity to use every last bit that they have lying around. It'll be years before this stuff is removed from every brand of soap. And even then, you won't be free of it. Along with still being used in other products, this poison has been so widely overused that it's already in the groundwater like the PCBs, which are still turning up in waters decades after they were banned. Triclosan, my friends, is around for the long haul. So to truly protect yourself and your family, take two steps. First, shop smart. If something says it's antibacterial or promises to kill germs, read the label closely. Better yet, avoid it completely. You can get just as clean with common sense, good hygiene. Well, that even rhymes. And second, filter your water. Okay, you can find a good reverse osmosis system for a few hundred bucks. It'll filter out almost everything. Okay, I would advise most people just put them in the kitchen, but the best thing to do would be 
to put it where the water enters your home and protect every drop from every faucet. All right, that's my initial opening, and I want to talk about an Italian village that made the headlines. I want to talk a little bit about the blood pressure medications and alcohol and frailness and old age. And uh, let's see here. I think uh, I'm looking at the uh, the board, and I think I'm going to take a shot at this. I think this is Dr. Jerry Smith. Hello, is that you, Jerry? That's me. I'm here. All right, I got you covered, and I think Dr. Dan has called in. Let me see if this is him. I have a lot of numbers on here, thank goodness. Is that you, Dr. Dan? Good afternoon, Ron. Buon pomeriggio in Italian. Uh, Okay, buon pomeriggio. And let's let's get on with the program. Uh, Drs. Dan and uh, uh, Jerry, that was my opening monologue. I have a few other things I want to bring to people's attention uh, because uh, no one else is doing it. And uh, then we'll get on to uh, fibromyalgia, which is uh, affecting almost 10 million people right now, maybe more. But this is from JAMA, ladies and gentlemen, the Journal of the American Medical Association. It's a long article that was just released, okay? The headline of the article is, The Sugar Industry and Coronary Heart Disease Research, A Historical Analysis of Internal Industry Documents. You know, it's, this uh, will read like uh, Hillary's emails, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the the bottom line of this whole article, which is a great abstract with great reviews, uh, shows that the policy-making committees should, con- should consider giving less weight to fo- food industry-funded studies, where I have a hard time with that one, and include mechanistic and animal studies, as well as studies appraising the effect of added sugars on multiple coronary heart disease biomarkers and disease development. In other words, this study showed that it is the sugar, not the fats, that cause coronary heart disease, and that the sugar industry set out uh, to uh, draft studies that would prove the opposite. so they, another quote from this study, quote, together with other recent analyses of sugar industry documents, our findings suggest the industry sponsored a research program in the 1960s and 1970s that successfully cast doubt about the hazards of sugar while promoting fat as a dietary culprit in coronary heart disease. And ladies and gentlemen, you know that we have talked about uh, good fats on this program, and it is the it is the sugar, not the fat, that is causing the inflammation, which is the basis of coronary heart disease. So again, you know, this isn't uh, uh, information from uh, uh, the Enquirer. It's from the Journal of the American Medical Association. And another thing, there's a little Italian village south of Naples. The headline of this study is, People in this village live longer than anywhere else on Earth. Scientists have finally realized why. Well, let's, to summarize this study, the town is Accaroli, A-C-C-I-A-R-O-L-I, southwest Italy. It's, a, it's home to an extraordinary of centarians, that is, people that live to 100 or more. So over 10% of the population uh, List to that age. And researchers from Rome found that the people in this town 
uh, and they studied their blood. They studied all, all kinds of hormones. They found they had low levels of adrenal hormone. The name of the hormone was adrenomedulin, a hormone actually that widens blood vessels. So the, the higher it is, the tighter the blood vessel, the lower it is, the less stressed, the, the wider the blood vessels. So that plus a, a diet that was uh, uh, mostly uh, locally caught fish, home-reared rabbits and chickens, as well as olive oil and home-growth vegetables and fruit, and wine, these individuals are living a long time. And a side point of the study, sexual activity among the elderly appears to be, wait to hear this word, rampant. Maybe living long has something to do with that. It's probably the good air and the joie de viver. So anyway, a good Mediterranean diet, keep your stress levels down, and uh, you might have a long life and a good sex life into your 80s and 90s. And I know I know Dr. Jerry will comment on that later, but I'm going to hold them off for a while. Uh, blood pressure medications. I was going to save this for a time, but why save it? Because it's good information. Uh, just want to let you know that the blood pressure medication that you're taking could put you on a fast track to heart disease. There's been a substantial new research out of all places, John Hopkins, and it's not a, that's not Timbuktu. That's a that's a really great institution. Uh, it looks like the mainstream obsession with driving down blood pressure numbers has another dark side to it. For years, you know, we've been talking about hey, you can take too many pills. And Dr. Dan and I had a had a professor that, uh, back in the '60s that told us that. But and and we had Dr. Albert Bress that, that said, you know, guys, if it's high, lower it. If it's low, higher it. But that's not the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. You just don't try and reach a magic number. Uh, See, you exercise, you eat your veggies, maybe you even take the supplements like CoQ10. But if you're also popping medications to lower your blood pressure, well, you might as well forget even trying to protect your heart because the researchers at John Hopkins, ladies and gentlemen, poured over the records of more than 11,000 Americans over three decades, 30 years, and they found that there's a very good reason a blood pressure reading has two parts to it. The top number we call the systolic pressure, and, the, and that reflects what your blood pressure is when your heart is working. In other words, when it's contracting. And that number gets a whole lot of attention, especially since the, that big federally sponsored program called SPRINT, that was a SPRINT trial, was released more than a year ago, and we did talk about that. And then the, so you have the systolic pressure, and then you have the diastolic pressure, or the second part of the reading is a measurement of your blood pressure when your heart is at rest. That is in between beats. So the systolic contracting, diastolic when your heart rests. While we hear a lot about why we should get that top number down to 120 or, or lower, the other half seems to have gotten lost in the shuffle. But that's until now, until these John Hopkins researchers discovered that it is when that second or diastolic number goes too low, it's a recipe for heart damage. That's especially true when your diastolic number is below 80 to begin with. The team from Hopkins found that those who had diastolic readings below 60 were a hair away from being 50% more likely to have heart disease and over 30% more likely to die from any cause. That's why the researcher at Hopkins, 
Dr. McAvoy, said doctors shouldn't just look at driving down blood pressure numbers in isolation. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's what doctors do. And that's especially so since a big federally funded blood pressure study called SPRINT was released last year. As I said, SPRINT was proof positive that our government is more concerned with big pharmaceuticals bottom line than our health because the study was actually stopped years before it was to finish, okay, at the National Institute of Health because they claim it had all the potentially life-saving information it needed about blood pressure. And that was take two or more blood pressure medications to get that number down to 120 or lower. Okay? That's how they stopped the, 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 the study. They didn't even have everything. But they said, oh, we have enough. Of course, there's a little problem. You know, driving your blood pressure too low can send your risk of Alzheimer's. Where? Through the roof. And now you can add the risk of heart disease as well. John Hopkins University, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? So was there something fishy about that SPRINT study? Well, doctors and researchers all over the world are attempting to uncover crucial details about how the study was conducted, even basic information, such as what method was used to take the participants' blood pressure. That has not been released. Okay, it might be in Hillary's emails. We don't know. We need less opinion and more information, said the uh, uh, doctors from Hopkins. But SPRINT aside... We've already got decades' worth of information that's telling us as you get older, blood pressure that's too low can literally starve your brain of blood, and that for people over 60, there's no reason to even consider starting up on drugs unless your reading is 150 or higher, over 90. Okay, so Dr. Dan and I were taught, you know, in the 60s, you know, you need a little higher blood pressure as your arteries get a little harder to get that blood up to your brain. And it looks like what we were taught is true today, uh, taking uh, the uh, drug company's blood pressure medications off the table. All right, before we go further, I'm just asking for comments from our two physicians on the, on the, on the board right now. Dr., Dr. Jerry? Well, number one, with that Italian um, uh, study where the – Centarians had a high percentage of the population. They probably didn't go to the dentist too often either. That, that's probably a big factor. <laughs> well, the other thing I didn't mention, they don't have fluoride in their water in that town either. Right. No fluoride there. And they didn't get. They didn't do what we, we talked about last week. They're not loaded with heavy metals like mercury, right? Right. So that was or GMO foods. Yeah. yeah, Good. Good. really good point. Dr. Dan? Um, yes, uh, the, the, we we were taught the, the old uh, uh, 120 over 80, 140 over 90. I guess that doesn't hold anymore. Uh, no, what you're saying did. makes makes sense. I didn't think about that myself. We need a higher blood pressure to to push the blood through the blood vessels as we do get older. And um, absolutely, uh, I'm not going to worry about it so much when I take my pressure and it's not 120 over 80 anymore. Well, you know, Dr. Ron, a big issue here is that as the thyroid gets toxic, your pulse is going to get lower, and again, your heart's not going to contract as thoroughly as it should, so you're not getting the perfusion around your organs and through the uh, the pipeline, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. 
Exactly right. And that's going to, that fibroid, I think, uh, Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan, is going to tie into the topic for today, fibromyalgia. And we're going to get to fibromyalgia, ladies and gentlemen, in just a, just a minute. I want, to, uh, I want you to hear Dr. Uh, Ron's ad that he's running here in southwest Florida. But uh, we have a lot of good information that's coming out in good medical journals. And uh, uh, I just can't, can't uh, don't know why it's that, that people just don't, aren't, aren't being exposed to it. They're not telling us about the vitamin D. They're not telling us about psoriasis and heart, and heart disease and diabetes and memory loss. And these topics are raised continuously in the scientific journals. Okay, so let's just take a quick uh, break for a commercial, and uh, we will be back with fibromyalgia. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryospa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryospa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in in the Noodles Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Oh, there you go. That's young, young Dr. Ron. Uh, really successful down here, especially treating athletes and uh, uh, these high-energy trainers that uh, they want to get two training sessions in a day. Uh, they get a cryotherapy session, and their aches and pains go away, and they're able to uh, uh, get back to the gym. Well, ladies and gentlemen, fibromyalgia and its cousin, chronic fatigue syndrome. Excuse you me, know, Ron. Millions of them. Yes. Could I ask you one Hello? question before we get on fibromyalgia? Was there any uh, uh, study about uh, the pulse also, along with the blood pressure? Uh, a pulse uh, this, is too low. They, actually, there's no. You know, they generally don't, unless you have an arrhythmia. Uh, as far as I know, you don't get treated for uh, uh, your pulse, all right, unless you have, you have a too slow a pulse and you have a heart block, or you have right. too fast a pulse and you have hyperthyroidism or atrial fibrillation. Uh, so this the study was done for blood pressure alone. Okay, thank you. Okay, so millions of Americans are affected by fibromyalgia. It's a debilitating disorder for a lot of people. Okay, so... Uh, I thought maybe we could go through what we know, uh, uh, what are some of the signs and symptoms of it, and and what are some of the treatments that you can make yourself available. So fibromyalgia, it's widely misunderstood and sometimes it's misdiagnosed. And in my opinion, it's a chronic condition and it is characterized by widespread muscle pain, fatigue, concentration issues, and sleep problems. And one thing that 
is not noted here is it's also connected with mood problems and sometimes depression. According to the National Fibromyalgia Association, it affects an estimated 10 million people, mainly women. And you know, you think about what we have talked about over the, over the months with on this program about thyroid conditions, mainly women. In the United States, right alone, there's 10 million people. The severity of the symptoms can vary from one person to the next and may fluctuate even in a single individual depending on such factors as the time of day or the weather because it is affected by the barometer. Because it's a chronic condition, in most cases, fibromyalgia symptoms never entirely disappear. Okay, but it's not a progressive or life-threatening disease. And in my practice, when I was in practice and in the literature today, treatments can alleviate many of the symptoms. So what are the symptoms? And the, the, the symptoms and severity can vary widely, although pain and fatigue are almost always present, right, and mainly in women, right? Major symptoms include pain. Some fibromyalgia patients report discomfort in one or more specific areas of the body, while others may experience overall pain in their muscles, their ligaments, their tendons, Certain areas, such as the back of the head, the upper back, the neck, the elbows, the hips, and knees may be particularly sensitive to touch or pressure. And there are, they are described as tender points, TPs. I had the privilege of studying uh, with Janet Travell, and uh, she was an expert in this, and she died in her 90s. And she wrote the, the books on myofascial pain syndrome. The degree of pain can range from aching, tenderness, throbbing, to sharper shooting and stabbing sensations, and even an intense burning numbness and tingling may be present, like like a neuropathy uh, patient would describe. So now you have the pain, you have uh, uh, all kinds of of symptoms of pain from from severe to mild, and fatigue, you know, uh, you ever have a bad case of the flu and been knocked off, off your feet? You have a general idea how tired some people with fibromyalgia can feel. Though some fibromyalgia patients experience only mild fatigue, many report feeling completely drained of energy, both physically and mentally, to the point of exhaustion. You know, that interferes with their daily activities and their work. And we'll get get to this too, but they also have memory problems. Those memory problems are mainly not the Alzheimer type problems, but difficulty concentrating or remembering common cognitive symptoms. And they have the biggie, sleep disturbances. Research has shown that the deepest stages of sleep in patients with fibromyalgia are constantly interrupted by bursts of brain activity causing feelings of exhaustion. Even after they, you know, they say, well, I slept all night, but I'm tired. Well, when they examined the EEG patterns, they found that there was a lot of activity going on. And other problems such as sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, teeth grinding, and are among other symptoms common among fibromyalgia uh, patients. And irritable bowel syndrome, you know, uh, including diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain, bloating, they're present in many patients with fibromyalgia. And other symptoms that they patients may complain about 
And just just think how wide all these symptoms are, ladies and gentlemen. Headaches, migraines, facial pain, depression, anxiety, mood changes, painful periods, dizziness, dry mouth, eyes, and skin, heightened sensitivity to noise and odors and touch. And these triggers can be, these symptoms can be worse with triggers. Triggers are something that make, make your symptoms worse, like the change in the weather, too hot or too humid, too much or too little exercise, too much or too little rest, stress, anxiety, and depression. Some patients also report that pain and stiffness are worse in the morning. All right, so let me just... Uh, just summarize what we think are some causes, and then uh, let's, let's bring in our, our, our two guests today. While the exact cause of fibromyalgia remains a mystery to uh, allopathic medical doctors, they do know that patients with this disorder experience an increased sensation of pain due to a glitch in the central nervous system processing of the pain. In other words, they don't process pain like a normal person does. Studies have shown that people with fibromyalgia also have certain physiological abnormalities, such as elevated levels of certain chemicals called neurotransmitters. Okay, so there's a, there's a difference up there. Dr. Tiegelbaum says they have a short circuit in their hypothalamus. In some cases, an injury or trauma, especially to the neck, or a bad case of bacteria or viral illness, illness may precede this diagnosis. Okay, so that's a little summary about what can happen with fibromyalgia. You can have a lot of symptoms. Uh, effective treatment for this disease we'll get into later, and we'll talk about the SHINE protocol. Uh, Dr. Jerry, any comments so far? Well, I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, a couple key components, you know, mercury toxicity, especially from the fillings. Uh, mercury can mimic any uh, disease process on this planet. And, you know, unfortunately, when a dentist drills out a, an old mercury filling from the patient's mouth, it gets into the public water supply, so you're exposed to that. That'll give you that dish rag feeling, the, the mental, you know, apathy and um, muscle pain and weakness. It's You know, the problem is they try to uh, categorize the disease process into a neat little cubby hole with a label, and then they want to have specific you know, drugs to use and specific exercises, <clears throat> but that's not reality. You know, the, if the skin is your biggest organ of your body, the muscles are right under there, so there's a lot of anatomy to cover with fibromyalgia. Yeah, I mean, simple little things like, you know, a folic acid deficiency, it has the same symptoms as fibromyalgia. And the bottom line is, you know, and not eating greens or citrus fruits, within a few weeks you can get a folic acid deficiency. Uh, you know, I didn't believe it was that severe, but it's it's commonplace. Uh, not eating enough greens in your diet where folate is, but also magnesium. Uh, magnesium has to do with muscle function and 73% of the enzymatic reactions of the body. So, you know, you really have to look globally at what's going on and not try to pigeonhole somebody and so you have fibromyalgia, and, and this is the protocol that we use. Right. I think you, and I think, uh, you can pigeonhole them with giving them a diagnosis to, to work with so they know they're not, they're not depressed or manic because a lot of these patients, in my, in my experience, 
have been uh, labeled as, oh, we don't know, we can't find anything, your blood, your blood studies are all normal, your x-rays are all normal, it must be in your head. I, I think you know, we do a terrible disservice to, to our patients and clients if we do that to them. So I think giving them a diagnosis that, like fibromyalgia is not really so bad because it gives them something to, to work with and we can, you know, there's no one protocol. There's no one drug, thank goodness. Uh, but there is a series of things, a lifestyle change that they can make that could help them. Well, I can say from my, my clinical experience, I've never met a fibromyalgia patient that didn't have an underactive thyroid. And I think well, that's, that, a, that, 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 that's yeah, why that's I brought that up. Component. We're going to talk more about that because it's in women it's in, and they have the brain fog and everything like you've, you've experienced in your practice and I am mine. Well, that usually yeah, comes after 15 crisis. years of marriage, the brain fog. <laughs> I can't go there. I got 51 years in. <laughs> Um, all right, Dr. Dan, anything about this in your experience? Yeah, well, we have uh, very good friends that uh, were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And, uh, um, in fact, one of our best friends, the one that just lost her husband I mentioned to you, and uh, she goes for uh, uh, massage therapy uh, about every two weeks. And also there's uh, another treatment. Have you heard of A-STEM treatment? Yes. All right. Ace them. You know, well, let's, let's, let's uh, talk about... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you want to talk about the treatment or not? Uh, well, yeah, let's just make sure we, we've covered everything, all the symptoms so we know uh, okay. how to advise patients to seek the appropriate treatment because there's no one one treatment, but that you know, and the uh, A-STEM and the uh, Alpha-STEM are, are part of the program and as are others. But uh, what, what I want to bring out before we get on to the, the treatment is that because okay. it ties in with what Dr. Jerry just said, the symptoms usually appear in midlife. Right, That's what happened with her. That. And mainly in women, okay? Although they can appear uh, manifest in children and older adults. So think about that, that statement, though. Symptoms usually appear in midlife. And you know what? Uh, you know, the, 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 there's midlife is usually when uh, symptoms of a sluggish thyroid can can take uh, take hold of too. You know, you have trouble concentrating, changes in your hair and your weight, you feel blah. Yeah, there could be other issues, but it's generally a sign of a sluggish thyroid. So I think there's a connection here that a lot of people aren't making. Uh, well, our our thyroid. friend was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism recently, also. So it good. ties right, right in. See, I mean, not good, but it ties in. Right. She has and, hyperthyroidism and, you know along with the fibromyalgia, yeah. Yeah, and and people who have been diagnosed with a rheumatic disorder. What's a rheumatic disorder? It's a chronic inflammatory condition, right? Okay, and, they they are more prone to develop fibromyalgia. Now think about that, a chronic inflammatory condition. Okay, uh, and the sleep problems, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so I'm, what, what I'm, what I'm not trying to make this happen, but as I was preparing for the program, you know, there's just so many much overlap between heavy metal poisoning, thyroid underactivity, and uh, also some nutrient deficiencies and fibromyalgia. 
And so what I don't see when I'm looking up the literature is simple things that I learned uh, from Dr. Travell, like injecting the trigger points with with uh, Novocaine, spraying them with ethyl chloride, okay, stretching. I, I don't see any of that in the literature today. And that was the mainstay of our treatment uh, 30 years ago. So, all right. So that's the symptoms. There is a chronic inflammatory component, as there is in most chronic, chronic, chronic diseases. That was easy for me to say, I guess. Most chronic diseases. So, what do we do about it? Well, okay, I'm not. I'm. I'll, I'll come in last on this. I'll give it to Dr. Jerry first. He already mentioned well, about you know, get the mercury out of you know think about mercury toxicity, but I'm going to throw it to him next. Yeah, basically, you know, defining the core issues. That's my mantra. Um, you know, you know, like I had a, a patient that came in today, whiplash injury, uh, second rear end in like six weeks. And what was fascinating, she had a cranial distortions. And, you know, most healthcare practitioners don't even know that this stuff exists, that the rhythm of the pumping motion of the skull can be thrown off, and that affects the autonomic nervous system and the flow of the lymph and also hormone bound. So, you know, just adjusting her cranium, it took a lot of structural distress out of the whole body. And what was interesting, she had low back pain. And what I did is I put her on my new modality, the scalar energy device that therify. In five minutes, Ron, her, her back pain totally disappeared. And she was amazed. So there, there's a big thing that's missing, you know, injured tissue has an excess of a positive polarity. And that's why, like, when people injure themselves, they, they grab the area or hold the area. In essence, they're actually working energetically to dissipate the excess positive charges in that area. So there's many hidden uh, issues that are not being addressed because of ignorance. Um, again, the thyroid is a, is something that you can quickly do an armpit temperature, and if it's between 98.2 and 97.8, then it's normal. But if it's below 97.8, you got a thyroid problem. You don't need a, a fancy blood test to tell you. Right. And, th- and that's probably why when you read the literature about fibromyalgia, another uh, symptom that points to the thyroid is they all have low body temperatures. And they list it as a, as a finding on your physical examination but then they never follow up with it, either with the body to basal body temperatures or even a blood test. I mean, you know, they, the, the allopathic doctors aren't even going that far. They haven't connected the dots yet. So I, I think um, uh, thyroid, under non-interactive thyroid, is more of a component to, to this, and I'm, I'm going to be do more do, I will do more research on it because that's all that hit me this past week as I was reading an article upon article on fibromyalgia is the low body temperature occurring mostly in women with brain fog, uh, hair loss, weight loss, uh, and uh, nobody's really talking about, you know, let's let's, let's really pin down that that thyroid. Let's see what's going on. all right, so you know, I th- we 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 should really again, I think, mention thyroid because it's really it's really important. An interesting thing, an interesting article I ran across. You know, you know, there are goitrogenic foods. Okay, there are foods that are called goitrogens, and there are, some are found in these green superfood blends and 
They they include alfalfa. They include broccoli. They include kale, cauliflower, maca, which we know is a good stimulant, sexual stimulant, peaches, spinach, sprouts, and strawberries. These goitrogenic foods, ladies and gentlemen, if you eat them raw, but guess what? If you I hear an echo. If if you if you cook them, the goitrogens disappear. So you don't have to do away with these the, these type of foods. Okay? All right. I hear an echo again, Jerry. Do you hear that echo? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let me just see if it see if it's come from this one particular phone here. Okay, good. All right, now it's gone. All right, we didn't talk about iodine deficiency. Uh, what do you think about that, Jerry? You know, Doc, uh, oops, I got rid of the wrong. Oh, Jerry, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh. Yeah, you weren't you weren't talking. I was. We were going to talk a little bit about iodine and, uh, you know, how right. a lot of even Jonathan Wright. I mean, they all say Americans are deficient in iodine, and we should be taking about three milligrams a day. And again, you know, you run across iodine as a deficiency in fibromyalgia, but nobody's connecting it to the thyroid. So yeah, about three uh, milligrams a, a day. Yeah, basically, you know, in the 60s, they took it out of the bread, and, and they replaced it with bromine. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's how yeah. we got the bromelated flour? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Because, you know, they had the you know, uh, goiter belts in the United States, and then when they added it in, it that took care of that problem. Uh, but I think the other unfortunate thing is, the people were starting to get too smart. I mean, if you have a dumb child and you want to improve their IQ, uh, just make sure they're getting their daily, uh, you know, iodine uh, allowance because they'll become sharp as a tech. That's really interesting because I did a program uh, while you were in Italy about bromelated flour, and um, I golf with a uh, executive from General Mills. And of course, they're getting rid of it now. Uh, but I didn't. I, I knew how toxic it is, but I never realized about the iodine connection. Hmm. Yeah, the bromine suppresses thyroid function. Well, well, it's a halogen, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other, you know, exposure. You know, you buy a new car and you're all excited. In the summertime, the vapor's coming off the plastic dashboard and the plastic seats or whatever. It's bromine. Yeah. Well, while, while you were again, while you were in Italy, I did a program on that. 125 different volatile organic chemi- uh, chemicals coming out of a new car. Mm-hmm. And just to get uh, taken aside there without my notes in front of me, but we talked about how you know a new car, you better start the air conditioner and open the windows and don't do don't use the recirculation function. Get that stuff out of there because uh, it is very toxic to your health. So. Uh, uh, so most, and you're right. Most of it was bromine, bromine related that that came out of the uh, out of these new car aromas. This great new car smell, as they say. Um, the other thing, Jerry, that that uh, keeps coming up uh, with fibromyalgia is uh, a hormonal imbalance, because it does af- uh, it does affect a lot of things. Okay, so uh, that's that's something that you know. You're, I I think you should be uh, check for. There's a ways of treating hormonal imbalance with nutrition and supplements. Or sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you need you know you may need bioidentical hormones to 
get your uh, hormone system uh, balanced because it's a symphony orchestra going on there, like I told you, and we have to get that whole orchestra playing on the, uh, the same tune. So uh, there's a hormonal problem. Uh, you need nutritional support. You need your pain uh, treated, uh, and you need to exercise. I think exercise is an important component of the Mediterranean diet. It's an important component of fibromyalgia treatment. And what were we going to say, Dr. Jerry? Well, basically, um, you know, in Italy, they don't call it exercise anymore. It's called sexercise. <laughs> well, that's well. <laughs> that town in Italy has proven that true. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, into their 80s and 90s. God bless them. Yeah. Well, you know, when the thyroid goes south, uh, you become estrogen dominant, and you know, being estrogen dominant, uh, you're kind of like a bull in a china closet. You know, everything gets heightened. And uh, it throws the other hormones out of balance. So it's all interrelated. It's not always just one thing. You know, most women, when they uh, transition, you know, the menopause, they're 50% of them are testosterone deficient. And the testosterone is essential to convert the T4 to T3 in the liver. So it's all intertwined. Yeah. And, 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 and the more that I had a chance to read the literature, and I'm doing a lot more reading than I did when I was in practice, the more I'm saying that it's all related, and I'm becoming even more enamored with Dr. Barnes than than I was when uh, when I was in practice. He was uh, light years ahead, and his research and his uh, philosophies are still cogent and apropos today. There's just no doubt. Oh, about absolutely, it. he had the the longest running study, I think, of any medical experiment, like 20 plus years, and his patients who were on the natural thyroid hormone, had the lowest heart attack rate of any group in the country. Exactly. And their cholesterols were normal well on the thyroid. He didn't well, even worry about it, really. Yeah. I mean, cholesterol is a symptom. It's not a disease. If your thyroid's right. low, your body excuse me, is in an emergency uh, state, and your cholesterol has to be high to meet it. And if you try to suppress it, yeah. you're going to condemn the health of the person. Right. And they, he always said that cholesterol is there. Uh, to heal the chronic inflammatory state, and you know he was right fifty years ago he, he was a, well, he was a PhD in physiology too. People don't realize that right he's a PhD in physiology and when you have a low thyroid, uh, Ron, yeah excuse me, you have systemic inflammation exactly okay and, that, and 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 when you have systemic inflammation, you have antioxidants like cholesterol. Right. I was taught that. In the 70s, that it's an antioxidant. Most people don't realize it or don't know about it. Let me see if we get Dr. Dan back in here. I had, I think he, uh, I dropped him out of here for a minute, and because of that echo, let's see if we get him back in. So, Dr. Dan, have you heard what we've been talking about? I had to drop you out because of the echo. Oh no, that's that's fine. Sure, I heard everything. Uh, All right. So, yes. Why don't we? Why don't you talk about? Uh, your your friend's uh, A-STEM treatment. Do you know the, do, you, do you know what he's going through with that? Well, we went through it, Rita and I. Um, with with the A-STEM treatment, uh, of course, it's uh, non-invasive, and there's no uh, real pain involved. Um, at the soft tissue therapy, you know, it regenerates the soft tissues, muscles, tendons, anything in the body. And, uh, you know, my wife had her knee replaced. It's exactly three months today. And thank God she's doing well. 
and she got her physical therapy in the hospital um, at home and at the physical therapy place, which we like very much, and they did the ACE dim on her. And she's really getting around very well, very, very happy with it. And um, they've been using ACE dim on my back also, because my back went out of line again, as you, as I've been telling you. And uh, it could be a good therapy for people with fibromyalgia. It, at least they could try it. It's, uh, like I said, it's not invasive. And uh, uh, what, what it does is it breaks up the scar tissue. A Rita scar on our leg was about six inches when they, when they started this, and three inches have disappeared, and the other three inches are disappearing nicely. And uh, her uh, with three uh, inches of what? With, uh, to continue on the the Italian village study, three inches of what has disappeared? <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Don't let me get into that one. <laughs> so you know, it, it, to, su- to summarize up this fibromyalgia, it's a it's a ubiquitous disease. Lots of symptoms, lots of tiredness. Treatment treatments can consist of trigger point injections. And uh, make sure you, you evaluate your thyroid with basal body temperatures. Uh, make sure uh, uh, you have or your hormones are balanced. You're not out of balance. And one thing we didn't mention before we get off of this subject, I want to mention vitamin D uh, because vitamin D plays an important role in the in, as an antioxidant in your system also. And uh, I would recommend. Uh, getting your vitamin D checked because uh, especially if you don't live uh, down here in Florida and you're not exposed to the sun, uh, you're, you could be missing uh, a lot of vitamin D. It's a fat-soluble vitamin and can be uh, associated, a low uh, uh, vitamin D level can be associated with uh, aches and pains in your muscles, okay? So uh, we didn't talk about it, and just to just to refresh your memory, vitamin D-rich foods are in egg yolks, salmon, canned tuna, and of course supplements. And the supplements about I'm not going to recommend a dose because you can get a blood test and it can you can uh, dose it uh, according to the blood test, but you need a number around 50 to be normal and, and take around 2,000 international units a day of D3, okay, and it should be taken with a meal. So, um, so you know, you need to be checked. Uh, you need to try and get to the root cause. You have to see if you have a mercury toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, uh, and, uh, and make you sure your toothpaste there, doesn't have fluoride in it, Ron. Make sure your What's toothpaste that? doesn't have fluoride. Yeah, fluoride or triclosan. Yeah. It's really I important. I asked you about you know. the uh, uh, the uh, triclosan, which I used to use. And no longer will go near it. And I still see some places when I go to wash my hands, they are still using it. Uh, how about triclosan? Is that also banned? Also, same thing. Same, same thing. thing. Okay, that's what I it's thought. Part of part of what was banned. And I, I'll go, you know, I don't talk a lot about vaccines, but the flu vaccine this year contains. What do you hear? This twenty-five thousand times more mercury than it's legal than is legally allowed in drinking water. Twenty-five thousand. So, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'm not giving you advice, but if you're thinking about a flu shot, uh, you might want to ask the person giving to you uh, what they think about them injecting mercury into your body, okay? I would think if you're a pregnant person or really young or really old, uh, you might want to think about getting mercury injected into you. Well, if you're a laboratory rat, it works fine because it's 
yeah. neurological toxicity. <laughs> if you want to be, uh, you want to, you know, you want to be uh, Dickens' Mad Hatter. It'll work great. That's it. It works every time. A well, lot you of know, dentistry. Eli, yeah, Eli Lilly back in the '30s, they discovered the uh, the uh, ethyl mercury, uh, and the bottom line is. The other pharmaceutical companies told them, this is a neurotoxin. You, you can't use this stuff. And they continued to uh, go along their merry way. And yet here we are today, 2016, mercury being uh, used in vaccines and dental fillings. Uh, and why is it mercury exposure from these sources, quote, unquote, safe? Huh? According to our government, but if you get mercury from food or smokestacks, oh, avoid that. Well, we well, know the because answer. Because it's under saliva. <laughs> <laughs> we know the answer. It's all about money. Follow the money. Yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to make sure that, they, that you know, as I told you last week, you are the CEO of your body. Please ask questions and get answers before you allow anything to be done to it. You are in charge, okay? Really important that you take control and ask questions. Uh, you're not going to be healthy. Uh, you won't enjoy optimal health unless you do that, unless you listen to shows like uh, this one uh, with Dr. Jerry and myself. And, Dr. Jerry, uh Maybe next week uh, we can uh, do a little discussion of scalar energy sure. and uh, fractals and uh, all the things that I have been reading about this past week based on your, uh, how can you just call your, your instigator. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will be the devil's advocate next week also because uh, there are some things I've, I want to talk to you about as, as opposed to what you, know, you, you told me about. And we, we, we talk back and forth on that on that issue. And then the following week, we'll have Dr. Nicholas uh, Sergio on to talk about prolotherapy. And uh, prolotherapy uh, has been around for a long, long time, ladies and gentlemen. If you have bad knees, bad back, uh, torn rotator cuff, you might want to consider this before you undergo uh, a surgical treatment. Uh, my wife uh, healed up a 35% tear in her rotator cuff with uh, uh, about eight uh, prolotherapy treatments, and she's playing tennis uh, just like she did before it was diagnosed as a tear. Uh, Dr. Jerry, do you have any um, – I know this isn't your field because we haven't really talked much about it over the two years you've been a guest on our program. Uh, prolotherapy, have you had any, any uh, exposure to it? Yeah, I mean, I had one patient. She was uh, uh, trying out for the Olympics, and she had a rotator cuff problem. And what was interesting, I mean, I put her on uh, a bunch of nutrients, uh, one in particular called Ligaplex 2, which is high in manganese that the ligaments need for healing, and uh, quercetin, which is naturally anti-inflammatory. And, of course, the, the university, you know, wanted her to get surgery, and, of course, the parents and the child, no way, wanted to have the surgical approach. But, uh, you know, I used laser uh, therapy with her, and then she went and had prolotherapy, and it totally resolved the problem in record time without any scar tissue or adhesions. And so, yeah, this stuff works. It's um, oh, yeah. it's like anything else. You know, it has to be used appropriately. Well, Dr. Sergio uh, works with Dr. Ross Hauser, and Dr. Ross Hauser, he's the guru uh, in in this field. And uh, we'll have him on, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it, and we'll we'll take your questions if you care to have any at, at that point. 
Um, okay. Well, you know, here, gosh, almost an hour has gone by already. You believe this? Whew. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, start wrapping it up with uh, any pearls that we have, and I don't want to hear about the flowers in the doctor's room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good one though. That's why, I guess that's why I remember it. <laughs> uh, well, basically, right, doc, yeah, eat uh, eat raw foods. <clears throat> the less tampering the food, then the healthier you're going to be. I mean, um, what people don't realize is these biophotons that are in raw foods are, I believe, scalar energy, which we'll get into next week. Stimulates the whole healing process. Let me let me keep you on that thought for a second because I've been reading over the past six or eight months about grounding or earthing. You think that works the same way? No, I when think you that your helps bare to feet dissipate on the sand a lot of. And, I, I think when when you're in uh, buildings that have mechanical uh, ventilations, the motors create a lot of positive polarity, and I think grounding dissipates that positive polarity from your body and makes you healthier. It's kind of like going near the ocean when the ocean's crashing on the rocks. There's an excess of negative uh, electrical energy in the air. So that, that's why people feel so good. Okay, very excellent. We'll talk about this, this topic next week, ladies and gentlemen. Four o'clock, uh, Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Uh, we, we are self-funding, so we don't owe anybody anything. I like to say that we're like the Paul Harvey of old. We give you the rest of the story, the stuff you're not going to get on the on the normal news outlets. Dr. Dan, anything? Yes. Uh, first of all, if if there is anybody interested in the uh, ASTEM uh, therapy, it's for it's for not just for fibromyalgia, for any kind of soft tissue, tendon, muscle problem whatsoever. Uh, look it up on the internet. A S T Y M, A S T Y M dot com, and then they can get a, a better idea, especially if they're going to physical therapy. And the the people who uh, use this need special training. Not anybody can do it. You have to be trained in it, and then they're they've got the license to perform this procedure. Also, another thing to consider is if there is any mental component to fibromyalgia. It would be a good idea to keep a good, positive mental attitude, like whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. You know Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. It didn't just mean money. It meant to grow rich in life and all the good things. So if people can keep that in mind, like you said, keep your stress level down, this might help the fibromyalgia and any other condition that you might have and keep disease down and live to be over 100 like they do in Italy. (laughs) Well, you well, reminded me of Dr. the Dalai Ron, Lama's adop, adopted brother. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, I, I I have to leave you with a good one. It says, "Lead us not into temptation. Just tell it where it is. Tell us where it is." <laughs> <laughs> well, wait to hear what the Dalai Lama's adopted brother said. He said, "Do not walk behind me, for I may not lead. <laughs> Do not walk ahead of me, for I may not follow. Do not walk beside me, for the path is narrow." In fact, just leave me alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> words of wisdom. And they, he also said, if you think nobody cares whether you're alive or dead, try missing a couple of mortgage payments. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you won't care Ladies about the mortgage you're... payments. You're gone. <laughs> Don't <laughs> they'll know you're there. You've been listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored on Fibromyalgia with guests Dr. Dan and Dr. Jerry. 
uh, who are here every week, and we really appreciate their uh, insights. Next week, we're going to have a show on electrical scalar energy, and uh, we'll hear about Dr. Jerry Smith's uh, uh, experience with that. We'll talk about scalar energy. We'll talk about Tesla. We'll talk about Fibonacci. Uh, We'll talk about some things that have to do with quantum physics uh, that I've been reading up on and that uh, Dr. Jerry Smith already knows, and uh, how he's using the, the... this uh, area of healing and his practice and what it can do and why, you know, it may be the medicine, the, uh, the, not the medicine, it's the wrong choice of words, but it may, might be the treatment of the future since it does not require drugs, okay? Uh, we may have to look for a new paradigm as our medical costs are spiraling out of control and some of the... Uh, apparatus that have been used and, and, and vilified in the past, uh, we may see them again. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. With an attitude of gratitude, I appreciate you tuning in. I uh, hope to see you next week, or uh, as that would be an oxymoron. hope to hear from you next week, and uh, we will be back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Thank, thank you, Jerry and Ron. Thank you. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.